pride and good order will be maintained in our city to the best of our ability. Riots, melees, and disturbances of the peace are against the interest of all our people and therefore cannot be permitted. Interrupt this program to bring you on behalf of the United States government. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Stand by. I'll be right there. Now, here comes the music. of everything STL Beyond FM. Thank you for tuning in and excuse my nasally voice, but 
uh, under the weather a little bit, but hey, it's uh, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to paint the picture a little bit. We're um, I don't even really know what town I'm in. It starts with a Q, I think. It's it, I think it's French. I don't know. Um, uh, Yeah, French. We'll go with that. Yeah. uh, French, Illinois. (laughs) Otherwise known as Duquoin. Oh, it starts with a D. I knew there was a Q in there. Yeah, there's a Q somewhere. I thought it was Duquoin. I've heard it called much worse. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the Jefferson County version of, of... pronouncing it anyway uh, we're here uh, today um, to um, well kind of celebrate and, and hang out with someone I've just wanted to have a conversation with for a while um, huge supporter of the St. Louis music scene um, if you uh, and, and arguably maybe one of the best um, live performance photographers and just photographers in general in the area um, but we're talking about Keith Brake, and how are you, Keith? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much for the incredibly kind intro. Well, thank you for having us out. It was it was a much needed drive. It's been a while since I've been on a road trip. I know Brooke, Brooke drives around Not all the time, me. but I've been all over the place this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me a little bit about just you in general. I mean, how'd you get started? Anything like that? Where you from? All that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could we could touch on all of that if you want. Um, so, I live in Southern Illinois now, here in in Ducoin, um, with my wife, and uh, we have four kids that live in town here, and uh, a new grandchild. But this was not always home. So, I grew up in Tennessee and uh, was there until like the fourth grade, and then basically. Uh, my mom remarried because my father was deceased uh, very early in my life, and I found myself in O'Fallon, Illinois, and then, you know, life happened as it typically does for people, and you go to college and you go to work, and uh, work kind of brought me to Southern Illinois, and then that's how I landed in Ducoin. Uh The photography journey started when my daughter uh, was going to graduate high school, and we didn't have a single camera in the house, so... If you know me, I, I don't I don't do anything halfway, right? So my <laughs> wife made the mistake of sending me to the store to get a camera so oh, no. we could photograph the uh, the the graduation. And I came home with what I thought was a great deal. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it was it was only like six hundred bucks, right? Okay. You know? So it, it had a couple. Well, of it wasn't too. It wasn't like a three thousand dollars Sony or anything. So it wasn't no, no, no. It was it was the entry level Nikon, but it, let's just say it was well beyond her expectation of oh, what I'm we sure. needed. My goodness, yeah, and. Like, so she, I, I just want you to get a disposable, man. <laughs> Look, if I'm sure anyone who follows me on Facebook. It, like there's no there's no halfway there's no medium with me if I'm doing it I'm I'm in if you know about my whiskey collection you know I'm all in um, but so I told her because she wasn't extraordinarily happy about that I said you know if it bothers you that much I'll just use it to take pictures of the the, the graduation ceremony and I'll take it back <clears throat> because at the time life was not. We weren't financially as comfortable then sure. as we are now. You know, we had young kids at home. Uh, we still had some more to get through school and, and probably not the greatest, mm. you know, financial decision on my behalf. I can attest kids will drain your pocketbooks. I get it. Yeah. Oh, well, I get it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but three weeks went by and she noticed I had not taken the camera back. She was, what are you going to do with that? And I said, um, 
I'm really thinking that I'm going to, you know, scratch my music itch because I used to play and I'd stepped away from that. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to photograph concerts. And she goes, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> and walked away. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I do need luck with this. But, but uh, four years later, I was one of only 24 people in the world allowed to photograph Ozzy Osbourne during the Great American Eclipse. Wow. So from that maybe, you know, ill-guided purchase of, of a, too much of a camera. And now I, I wish I could spend that money on a camera that would facilitate me now, but I'm long beyond that. <laughs> but I, but, but that, that's, how, that's how it started. That's, that's where I got to today. Uh, it started with my daughter's graduation and my wife's want of some graduation photos. Wow. That's pretty cool, though. So who was the, we'll say, first... I guess celebrity performance, you know, not local, but I mean, big time that you, that they allowed you to do it. Um, so interestingly enough, I, I had, uh, shine down is the answer to the question, but I actually covered that for a online publication out of Los Angeles. And I don't even know all the details of how I got, hooked up with that. Um, before Shinedown, I had a show passed to me that would technically be my first was Dropkick Murphy's 20th anniversary show at, at uh, the pageant. I was at that one. Yeah. It, what a great show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that was my first experience in photo pit. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's like cocaine, right? Yeah. It's like, I have to get more than this. So mm-hmm. that, and I was, like I said, I was past that show uh, from, a, from someone else, uh, guy's name was Jonathan Walters. uh, He used to be, you know, he used to run in the the circles of concert photographers and he couldn't make it for some reason. And and he and I had been talking. So he he just passed it to me. So I took it. But the first one that I got access to on my own uh, was the Shinedown. And I did that through, uh, I think it was Music and Mayhem magazine out of LA. Uh, So that's where it started. And at that concert, I met Sean Derrick, who is the owner of Midwest Rewind, who brought me on to, you know, be one of the, the, you know, at the time, probably the largest contributor for Midwest Rewind. Gotcha. Yeah. Because if, if people haven't seen your work, I, I suggest they go to Midwest Rewind or even your Facebook page or whatever, because, because you do a lot more than just, you know, concert yeah, the, footage yeah, the, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I also have a website that, rare, that hardly no one knows about. It's, it's keithbreakphotography.com and it's got studio work on there. It's got all kinds of things on there. Gotcha. So is that your, your, your favorite thing to do though still is just concert photography just because the energy or it's still like crack. Yeah. It, it, nothing, nothing takes the place. If you're a music fan and I'm, and I am, I'm very much a music fan. Um, you know, I could turn on my, my music here in the studio and it's going to, it's going to range from Lady Gaga to Eminem to local St. Louis artists, discrepancies, dub flow, of course, Steve and the urge and everything in between. We're going to have some Merle Haggard. We're going to have some, my God, you sound like me. Yeah. I mean, if, (laughs) if it's music, I love it. And to be in that element and to have thousands of people behind you that are there and it's not an ego trip. But every person behind you in that audience, they want to be you for those three songs. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's that energy. You're, you're feeling all that energy that they're sort of like putting out there towards the musicians. Like it's, it's good vibes, man, you know, because nobody goes to a concert that doesn't fucking want to be there. 
Right. Nobody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Every, everybody in the room is happy. Yeah. It's Everybody's very amped up to see the, the group. And the photo pit is a magical place because you're receiving that energy from mm-hmm. two different directions. Yep. So you're getting it from the fans, but you're also getting what the band gives back to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it my, still my favorite? Oh, yeah. Dude, I don't, I've chosen not to do it quite so much. Uh, re- in recent history because I have some some really cool projects that are, are taking my time with a camera. Um, but I still find my way out to photograph shows whenever I have time to do so. Yeah, and I, and I don't even think, I think I've met you at a discrepancy show. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you are, I want to say, your caliber is not above and beyond showing up at a local show and just doing it just to do it too. Yeah, no, that it, it um, I've done that several times. You know, I have a great relationship with the guys in discrepancies. Uh, they've recently reached out to me to to come and photograph them for their, their next home show, which I'm waiting to find out if I'm going to be in town to do or not. But if I'm in town, I'll be there. Um, for me, I started before I ever photographed anyone national touring or any, you know, like nationally recognizable name. I begged my way into the Firebird. Oh. Okay, I begged my way into the Firebird, and it was like I, that's where I started. So I was running around in the crowds, local bands. Then got lucky enough to get a few national touring uh, sure. old names come through, mm-hmm. like Doyle, right? So yeah. I got to photograph Doyle at the Firebird. That was really cool. Um, some other things there, but that's where I cut my teeth and that's where also where I gained a massive appreciation for St. Louis's local music scene and it doesn't matter what aspect or what avenue of St. Louis's local music scene from rap to rock and, and everything in between it's it's I'm I'm there for it I mean I'm I'm there you know it's I don't get to do it as much as I used to but yeah I mean sometimes I We'll just grab the camera and reach out to the band and say, hey, if you let me in, I'll give you some images. And, you know, most people, they, most people don't say no. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's take a break and, and we'll come back and talk more. And I'm sure Brooke's got plenty to talk about. And and by the way, it's kind of like um, before we started the interview, um, and, I'll, and I'll backtrack a little bit. We had an interview with uh, Mike Johnson from uh, Shoehorn Brewery and our other um, member of Beyond FM, uh, Rustin, is a, a beer, a bit of a beer snob, and, and he'll admit it. So you guys were sitting here just talking about whiskey, and I have no idea what's going on. So we may talk a little bit about that, sure. uh, you know, so, and you guys can do that because I don't know nothing. <laughs> but, well, well, I'm sure I don't know as much as you do, <laughs> so well, yeah, I'll let you take the reins there. I just know what I like versus what I don't like. Yeah, it's... It's um, that that jumping into everything 100 percent comes with a comes as a curse and a blessing at times. So. I get it. I'm yeah, good at reading people. That's my curse and blessing. All right, all right. We'll be right back right here on Beyond FM. The best of everything STL. You're goddamn right. Beyond FM. Truth, girl, 
the best of everything STL Beyond FM, hanging out with uh, Keith Brake and talking all kinds of good stuff. And uh, I think we're going uh, to dip in and talk a little whiskey, I guess, if you guys want to. I always oh, want to talk I thought you were going to sing a little nice intro. You, know? me, uh, you really want me to sing right sing. now? <laughs> no, no. There's all sorts there. of great whiskey songs. You sing. I hey, I sang once before. Remember, reading Rainbow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Excellent choice. I nailed it's it. A, a timeless favorite. Nailed it. Reading Rainbow. It's perfect. So right. okay, so let's talk whiskey. Let's talk whiskey because I don't know nothing about it. And educate me. Oh. How, how long of a show do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll just say, you know, like everybody says, uh, all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. You know, so there's, there's some things that go along with that. So what does make, what does, how does whiskey become bourbon? One is made with corn and one is not. They both can be made with corn, but mm. they, the bourbon has to be more than 51%. Okay. More than 51% of corn goes into bourbon. So all four of these bourbons that we have over mm-hmm. here, they also have some rye and some either barley or wheat in them. So oh, it's yeah. 51%. You can, you can smell it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And for those, you know, who can't see through the radio, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> uh, we have an um, excellent selection today. At least it's I think so it pretty. is. It's uh, Old Forester Single Barrel Barrel Select, uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor Single Barrel, Van Winkle 10-year, and of course, uh, Stag, which once would have been called Stag Junior, but recently they've dropped the Junior and went straight back to Stag. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Three of these four come from Buffalo Trace Distillery and Old Forester, obviously. I love Buffalo. Comes from Old Forester Distillery. So what did you think about the Taylor? Did you like it? Oh my God, it was delicious. It was very good. It was very smooth, which I think I wasn't really anticipating. I thought it was going to like hit me a little different, but it was very smooth. I like that. Um, and I'm a girl, so go easy on me, but I like smoother whiskeys because a lot of times too, I will make what is called a ginger whiskey, which a mm-hmm. lot of people don't know what that is, but it's a little ginger beer. You just put, put a splash in there with your whiskey. I thought it was whiskey with red hair. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not it. No. That's not right. <laughs> and technically, you're supposed to use Irish whiskey when you do that. But, and a lot of my friends know this, I really don't care for Irish whiskeys. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you say I that. I don't. I don't want anything that smells or tastes like toothpaste in my mouth. Unless you know, it's toothpaste. I'm <laughs> sorry. Interesting you say that because oh when, when I explain Irish whiskey to people... Mm-hmm. I, I just call it sock water. It's like, like so to me, nasty. It, it tastes like what I would expect a, a bowl of water where dirty socks had been soaking in. It, and, to, but there's always this hint of some sort of mint or something in it. Like, like so many of my friends love Jameson. Oh yeah, miss, and I'm like, miss me with that shit. I, I don't want any Like, I can't do it. And they're like, no. oh, we'll just mix it. With, no. There's nothing you could possibly mix that with that would make so, it taste good to me. I'm sorry. Well, one year I got a bottle of Jameson for a Christmas present. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you re-gift it? I would have. Well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, put this I, in the closet. It, it, come from, it come from my father-in-law. Oh. So okay. I, I, was, I was trying to fight the good fight. Sure. So I opened it, you know, after a couple of drinks of, of something that I liked. I thought that would lubricate the system. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd be able to handle it. And I poured the first drink of Jameson and I was like, 
God damn oh, yeah, it. I, I can't. I gag just even uh, thinking about it. I, I, I managed to get like one and a half mm-hmm. ounces down. And then I looked at my daughter-in-law. I said, do you like this shit? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, Merry fucking Christmas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> get, just take this away from me. Uh, yeah. So. No, and it's good. And I hate to. I have other friends that are, and I'm not saying I'm a heavyweight when it comes to whiskey. I'm not. But I will say this. I drink like an 80-year-old man. And if I go out for the night, you're more than likely to find me drinking seven and sevens all night with lime because I can, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. I can drink them all night and I'm fine. And I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, well, let's do Fireball. It's whiskey. The fuck it is. Like, I'm sorry, but I grew up in the 80s and 90s and Fireball is basically just hot damn. That's it. Yeah. It's not whiskey. It's some sort of weird malt liquor. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) And, And always remember, if it doesn't come in a glass bottle... It's not whiskey. No, it's mouthwash. Yeah. If it comes in a plastic bottle, it's mouthwash. It's not whiskey. Yeah. So I'm like, no, thank you. No, but it was delicious. I really liked it a lot. What what are you going for next? Um, I don't know. That old Forester smelled so good, but I don't know. You said we were starting with like, we're going by proofs, right? Yeah. I would, when, when tasting multiple whiskeys or especially with bourbon, I recommend working your way up in proof Okay. um, because the higher proof can start to numb your taste buds a bit. So if you want to get the layers and the notes, yeah, you work your way up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to me. We can do whatever. Yeah. We'll do them all four before we're done today. I'm sure. Gotcha. We can't get it might, it might to try help. Anything. It might help your uh, sinus issue. Clear you out me. a little bit. It, it might. I mean, see, that's the great thing about whiskey too. And people laugh at me. I talk literally all day for a living. That's why I really appreciate my alone time and just silence and, <laughs> and a little bit of whiskey because it just kind of like burns all the garbledy gook off your throat where you've yep. had to like be a chatterbox all day you know being in sales you have to talk so it's it's nice and it just kind of mellows you out you know yeah so. i agree because uh, back in the day when I, when I tried to sing or whatever i would take a shot or two before i'd go on stage clear mm-hmm. everything out oh and yeah yeah back when i was singing in a band um mcgillicuddy's menthalment mm-hmm it was a shot before every set and Jack and Coke to carry me through <laughs> and then repeat, you know, four sets in a cover band. So shot Jack and Coke, yep. shot Jack and Coke, a little less Coke, a little more Jack toward the end of the night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but That's I, funny. I outgrew the, 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 uh, I shouldn't say outgrew, but I, I guess I started really getting into bourbons and scotches and started getting into scotches first in, um, quickly went to just neat. Mm-hmm. So any, like where you would order, you know, your seven and seven, it, it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. I'm going to find a scotch or a bourbon that I like, and it's going to be a double shot neat. Sure. Um, now I may have a ginger ale or a Coke or something on the side, sure. or some ice water, but the whiskey itself is always untainted. Yep. I get it. <clears throat> I kind of like too, that I can walk around and people just think I'm drinking water for the most part. <laughs> Until you start to bounce off the walls. Right, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Or I get, like when we were at the duck room uh, a couple of weeks ago and I got yelled at by the sound guy and I got yelled at <laughs> by security. 
were playing with the fucking beach ball that they were they sold there. Like I didn't even yeah. buy it. Why if, am I the one getting in if, trouble? If you don't want people to play with it, don't sell it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a pretty simple. Right. I was just like, dude. And I swear to God, the guy had to have been like ninety years old, and he like toddles up to next next to me, and he's like. You need to settle down. I'm like, God damn! All right, Grandpa. I'm like, I didn't fucking buy it. I'm just get trying to get the lawn. yeah. I'm trying to get the crowd to you know participate a little bit. 45s playing, and you can't half-ass hear him because sound guy's fucking up, and everybody's just standing there. That's it. I'm just trying to do my job. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had uh, similar experience. Uh, the last time I was photographing was alter bridge and it was it was at uh factory is yep. that the that place yeah, yeah. is that the factory and my wife loves alter bridge mm-hmm. Teresa and i are big alter bridge fans we see them every time they come to town and um sean with midwest rewind he knows my like man crush love affair with miles kennedy's mm-hmm. voice and then just the way miles performs so whenever alter bridge comes to town even if I don't ask for it, Sean's like, you, you want to cover Alter Bridge, right? Well, yeah, of course of I want to cover Alter yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, I go in there and I've got <laughs> the press badge on. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's, I have a lanyard, the press badge shows, and I make sure I wear a long lanyard so it's not covered mm-hmm. by my beard. And I walk my wife to her seat. I've got a press badge, my two cameras, which I've already made it through security with. Sure. Okay, I'm already in the fucking building. Right. right? It's not you, like I climbed up the fire escape to get yeah, in here with these cameras. Yeah, you obviously don't have a bomb at this point. Right. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> and then I get my wife to her seat, and I come back up the aisle. I'm getting ready to walk back down, and there's a security guy literally just like, sir, you wait right there. Like, you talk, yes, you with the cameras. Those are awful big cameras. Are you allowed to have them in here? Like, oh I got a fucking... This says media, dude. Right. Like, he had to call the head of security and make the head of security oh walk God. all the way up there just to have him say, "What the fuck did you call me up here for?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, beach ball oh. camera, same, same, same experience. People are just dumb. It drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. We common sense, like it's not common. No logic and common sense. I no. find I find it strikingly difficult to find. It is, and the worst part about it is. At least, this is my humble opinion. They will hire anybody to do any job anymore. And there are people that should not be in positions they are in, clearly. Like the 90-year-old guy in the duck room. I mean, if there was a fight broke out, what is he going to do? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Dial 911. I mean, mean, from from the best I can tell, he's going to collect all the beach balls. Well, that too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Go ahead and punch him, but don't play with that beach ball. Yeah. I don't want to talk bad about the duck room. I don't want to bring it up I'm anyway. not talking bad. No, I'm, I'm going the to. Truth. I'm going to. I, and I know she was doing her job, but you know, okay, so we get there and, you know, we're, we're there early. We eat dinner or whatever, and all the bands are coming through and talking to us and whatever, but we're still at our own table doing our own thing. And so like, okay, it's, you know, whatever. We thought it was like 10 minutes till seven or whatever. And like, we walk over there and, they're like, well, um, it'll be, you know, it'll still be 20 minutes before you can go downstairs. We're like, okay. And it's $10 to get in. And we're like, we're the promoters. 
Yeah, we're literally on the fucking We're marquee. on the flyer that's <laughs> right above your head, and we're on the very top. And you're going to charge us to get in. And we paid, but it was like, and I know she was just doing her job. She didn't have a guest list or anything like that. But I'm like, but we're, we're right there. Yeah. That's us. All of us. Yeah. And that's, that's like that's like my picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's us. You, you see that star that's on that logo right there? It's right here. I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no shit. I'm a little more than a gigantic fan. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's right here. Yeah, I get it. Um, there is something, and I don't know if you know the dates or or, or not. Um, there is like a bourbon festival coming up. Oh yes, correct. Yeah, like yeah the, June or so, May or something like that. Yeah, so my very good friend uh, Dania is mm-hmm. uh, promoting that, and it's I think it's the Missouri Bourbon Society. Yep. Yes. Um, and my other very good friend, Mr. Steve Ewing, is going to be there performing. Um, so. I don't know what the dates are, but I can say this. I, I attended last year. Oh, I did too. Yeah. It was so, great. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, got my little wristband tickets and just walked around and tasted, tested all these bourbons that, that I'd never tried. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. I have the date. It's Saturday, June 10th at 11. Okay. So, and it's at... What is that new place in Cottleville? Uh, Frankie Martin's yeah, Gardens. Frankie Martin's Gardens. And if you haven't been there, that's a super cool yeah, place to go starts, to. Starts um, 11 a.m. goes till three. Forty-five dollar uh, garden admission ticket. Yeah, over two hundred bourbon, whiskey, and craft beer samples. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then their ticket also covers the fine entertainment of Steve Ewing duo, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. Or is it full band this year? I can't remember if he's doing full band or duo. Um, it doesn't say. It just says you have to be 21 and over, so don't bring your fucking kids. Thank you very much. Right. It's a rain or shine event, so there are no refunds. But there will be, if there's severe weather, they will reschedule for June 11th. So, And you can find them if you just, on uh, Facebook, just type in Bourbon and Brews, and the 2023 event by the St. Louis Bourbon Society will pop up, and you can grab your tickets there. And it looks like there's already... 27,000 people interested, so you might want to get your ticket like today. Yeah, it did sell out last year. Yeah, it did. And I had a blast. The only thing that sucked about last year is there was a tent in the back that had some tequilas, and we were talking about tequila earlier when we were on break. I like really expensive tequilas. I'm sorry, I just do. And uh, this guy was like, well, you know, this tequila, you know, it's smoked, so it's like got a real nice barrel oaky finish, like a lot of your whiskeys, like he's really trying to hard sell me on this, right? right? Oh, yeah. And I legit was to the point, and I never drink seltzer beers, but I had had so much bourbon at that point. I was drinking seltzer beers because, as you remember, it was hot as shit that it, day. It was extremely yeah. warm that day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I feel like an oak barrel, <laughs> like it's like coming out of my skin at this point. You know, so I'm trying to hydrate with, you know, maybe not the best choice, but a seltzer beer. And I'm like, man, I don't know. And he's like, here, try it. And I'm like, I don't know. And I smelled it. It smelled okay. I took one sip and I literally it hit the little dangly thing in the back oh. of my throat. <laughs> and I turned. Right my, in the old dangle. <laughs> I turned my head and I just be like spit it, spewed it all over the guy next to me. Just like, <laughs> like. And then I'm just standing there and this guy's looking at me because I just spit all over this stranger. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so fucking sorry. And he goes, 
that's okay. I wouldn't want to try that either. So I don't know what it was, but it was some nasty. Do you know what I hate about? Oh, it was so bad. So call me a snob. Call me the old man. Call me a purist. Call me anything you want. But whiskeys and liquors should not try to hybridize and be something that they're not. I totally agree. I don't want a bourbon that smells like a scotch. Mm-hmm. I don't want a scotch that's trying to be a bourbon. And I certainly don't want a te- tequila that's trying to be a bourbon. Right. It was so bad. Yeah. yeah I've got a bottle of um, MB Roland bourbon. And I just like, they call it barbecue bourbon or some shit. And I took like <laughs> a half a just a half of a shot out mm-hmm. of it and I'm like no, no. I was like this this is a halfway a scotch and halfway a bourbon and when you go halfway on anything it's it's shit which is what that is well and the so. only thing alcohols like that that I have found are good for is making your food boozy that's it yeah or maybe like sanitizing the fork or, or that or too <laughs> <laughs> clean your dishes all well, the time. I'm just saying because there's, what is it? Is it Texacraft or something like that? They make vodkas. And I'm not a vodka drinker, okay? I'm just, I, I, don't give me the clear shit. Um, there's no flavor in it. Yeah, but they do make a watermelon vodka that I will say I used a couple times over the summer last year after I'd cut a watermelon for some parties. And it was the sweetest, most delicious watermelon, but you... It would drop you on your ass if you ate too much of it. So so there are some alcohols that are good for those sort of things. Just saying. Yeah. I but mean, they're it, just not worth drinking. It, it depends upon your purpose of drinking. Sure. That's that's the way I always look at it. I Younger, my purpose for drinking was much different than, well, than, sure. than, than me right now. You know, so my purpose for drinking now, I, I travel extensively for for my day job and the conversations that you can have over a good glass of whiskey with with a with a total stranger right you and and likely this person is traveling for business as well Mm -hmm. because who else is sitting at the bourbon bar at 8 30 on a wednesday night if you've got family around right so likely you're both traveling and like music Whiskey has this inherent family value, mm-hmm. right? So, it, it, like, I don't have to know you, Tony, but if I sit down at the bar and I see, you know, you're getting a double shot pour of Weller or something like that, I already know you and I, we have many, many things in common. So the conversation goes really well. And I, it's just like this inherent family value that in music has the same and whiskey has it. And, you know, yeah, I'm a cigar guy, and cigar mm-hmm. culture is very much the same. I travel yeah. the country, and if you go into a cigar lounge, anyone's going to talk to you. And, oh, and sure. most of the time, it's, you know, you're all kindred spirits, because mm-hmm. most of the time, you're businessmen on the road traveling. So, yeah, the, the, whiskey is an interesting thing, because it can bring people together. But too much whiskey can start <laughs> fist fights, so you, you got to tiptoe the line. <laughs> Well, you know, they say every alcohol has a purpose. And I think that is cool how you brought up whiskey's good for conversation because it is, you know, wines for when you're in love, vodkas, you know, because you're 20, <laughs> <laughs> beer is because you can't afford anything else. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. I wish I could drink. I mean, I can. You've never but it, been a big drinker. I've seen you drink maybe well, like a handful of times. Well, I mean, I have my reasons, and one is because I'm out all the time by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know what? It's not really worth 
you know, especially yeah. driving, you know, East St. Louis in the middle of the night or something like that, where, you know, it's like, maybe they're not the best judgment, you know, after drinking and things like that. And just, you know, and then the legality part of it, getting pulled over or something like that. And maybe oh, I had yes. too many or whatever, or just put me in a situation I just don't want to be in. Yeah. yeah. And I just got used to it. I mean, I was married for a long time. So she always drank when we went out and I was just, I was yeah. always the driver. So it was just like, eh, I don't really need it. But on occasion, on occasion I'll, I'll, I'll get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm going to say from like, for, from my point of, for point of view for traveling for business, um, because all of these things you mentioned are yeah. huge risk, but um, I've got Uber and Lyft app on my phone. Mm-hmm. So if I don't, if I'm not drinking at the hotel bar, you know, got to take care of that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break and we'll come back here in a minute and uh, talk some more photography stuff or whatever else pops up. And uh, we'll be right back right here on Beyond FM. This your boy Cheddar Cheese the Toast Ghost, aka Swiss Cheese, aka Ratatouille, aka Chucky Cheddar. The boy Egan's rat got a new song called Rat Trap coming from the rat hole. Check it out. I'm in the middle where the arch is On the left side the river tucked away in the darkness And all these other artists still trying to bite my jargon But can't do it without a pencil and some parchment Oh you ain't biting, you just barking, you garbage I burn the whole world copious amounts of arts And I make the hardest remarks like I'm heartless Like hard and you starving rats Why they know I on your carcass And you wouldn't even have that life If you dope head person to that rat trap the next deflection in the let go But we throw a monkey wrench up in your tempo Like rats, but we be the champs from the get-go We bring the sweet chin music to your headphones Bet though we be the best in the middle Sound straight ripples of the arse like a symbol Do y'all symbols, I'm kinda like Rafiki Only swear the knowledge just to lift you out my city We know nigga pretty, but Rami was the last track That fast track, back to the future where we're the last track Up for the hell of it, I can keep it eloquent Put the funk in your trunk, hang like an elephant Fly like a pelican, wise and intelligent, high as the sky. It's a good place for yelling it. I've been hella relevant and creating fellowship and teaching the hicks. The only difference is melanin. Chicken and gelatin, it'll stick to my skeleton. I've been in my element, the truth, no embellishing. Name ringing, dame singing, main reason. On stage with my thing singing. This is what fame bringing. My whole game changed in the same season. I'm trip trying to break even. Big fish, small pond, big is all blonde. Big mouth bring it all on. Big time with a sword, I can fall on. Oh Lord, oh hell, I'm already all gone. It's the best of everything STL. It's Beyond FM from Gaslight. This one is labeled the worst songs to have sex to, but we're labeling it the worst songs to eat pancakes to. To eat pancakes to. Because most people would, you know, maybe say Slayer or something like that, but actually Slayer is a lot of fun to have sex to. What about? The Reading Rainbow theme song. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Butterfly in the sky, I can fly twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book. Reading rainbow. Oh my god! You got a friend in me from Toy Story. Oh my god! People have obviously done pancakes to these songs. She'll be coming around the mountain. Oh. 
<laughs> the Christmas shoes. <laughs> pancakes would be over before you even knew. Yep. Yeah. Be like, I'll go pancake myself later. Thank you. That's going to be some great promo stuff for previously on. This is Beyond FM.
little bit. I got plenty more. Okay. <laughs> do, do you like that better than the Taylor? I really like the Taylor. That was good. I brought that is you, good, though. I brought you for that for me. It's like trying to choose my favorite child. I get it. <laughs> well, I actually brought my favorite child. So. <laughs> my baby. We can't drink him, though. No. no. And no. he's trying very hard to ignore me right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't repeat it now because you'll run home and tell JD and then he'll be all pissy. I said, you're my favorite child. <laughs> Does that mean I get an extra DS game today? I mean, he is my baby. The baby, the babies get the most until the grandbaby arrives. I, I know, I've heard that. Holy shit. But a friend of mine... Uh, actually, my best friend, Angela, and her husband, Jeff, they have a new grandbaby. And uh, my friend, Jilly, who's one of my other really good friends, um, she's got a, adorable grandchildren. And they're always like, oh, you know, talking about the kids. And every time they do, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, ugh. You know, I'm still at this <laughs> stage where I'm like, if either of my big two came to me and they were like, Hey mom, guess what? And I have already started. I've noticed the last couple of years when they say, mom, I have something to tell you. The first thing out of my mouth, I go, do I need to sit down? Cause t- warn me now because yeah. there's some shit I am not prepared for yeah. and that's it. I'm sure it's coming soon. I don't, I don't uh, want to be, I don't want to be a grandma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, now me and me, me and Keith will, I think we'll both agree to this. Maybe. I think I enjoy being a grandfather more than I did being a father. So way more. So and I love my kids, but yeah, the kids the the kids are amazing. But I was exactly like you Mm -hmm. to the last damn minute (laughs) till the child hit my arms. I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be a grandpa. Right. I'm not ready for this shit. I'm not even fifty. What do you have? Don't, I don't, don't expect me to be, don't, don't, I'm not, I'm not, then they put the kid in my hand. I'm like, melt. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm like, life just like, like everything started from there. And now it's like, fuck, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even have the words. So give me a couple more years. I'm only going to be 44 this year. So I still feel like I'm, see that I can, I can get on board with that. And I still have JD and Zach at home, you know, so it's like, give me a couple more years. I was 46. So I know you got a couple more years. Yeah. And I was 46 as well. So yeah, Yeah. it seems so young. I don't know. Of course, what do I know? I had Brie when I was 21. My parents probably thought the same thing. They were probably like, Oh, oh, here no. comes the black sheep on the family. <laughs> you and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Just saying. I'm the only, uh, well, at the time, and potentially still the truth. No, not true. But for many, many years, I was the only tattooed person in my family. I know I am. Um, but I was also. I mean, my kids have, my older two have them now, but yeah. I was also one of the only people to ever have, to have a college degree. So they didn't, Ooh, they didn't quite nice. they didn't quite know how to quantify me. Well, so right. he's, he's like this antichrist. But at least he's bright. It's <laughs> funny. So so how many tats, tattoos do you have? Because I've noticed you've got several all over I, your arm, and you've got one I, on your neck. I think uh, I think last count was like twenty seven. Oh wow! Yeah, twenty seven, and and maybe one that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's from a whole another lifetime ago. No, I get it. But um, 
I have made the decision uh, with my wife's full support because she's eager to tell me sometimes that my, my old tattoos are shit, which, you know, they are. <laughs> um, but in within the near future, there'll be two brand new sleeves because I'm going to have oh, everything nice. covered and I'm going to sleeve it out and spend the money. No, I think that's it. awesome. I tell my older two, Brie and Ty, all the time, and this is going to sound horrible, but I can say it because my parents don't pay attention to anything because they're ancient. But, and, and the little guys know too, but I say, the minute your Nana and Granddad aren't here anymore, just so you know, I'm going to have a sleeve. And they're like, so? I'm like, I'm just warning you because I may be this like 50 or 55 year old woman getting a sleeve, but I'm like, that's what I want. But all of mine are where I've either had jobs or because of my parents or whatever, yep. where it's like, I have to have them where I can conceal them, right? Well, and that's, so. if, if we're being fair. Mm-hmm. It's harder for a female. It is than, because than it people is judge the shit out of you, you know. Right, which which I happen to think is is complete and utter bullshit. Uh, I have four kids, and the one that has the most tattoos is my daughter. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So, and and she's not like covered in them. I think mm-hmm. I think she may have four, if if I'm counting correctly. But yeah. I only have one other child who has one, and he has it concealed. It's like. I don't even know where it's at. Like maybe on his on his hip or some mm-hmm. something. Like I, I don't know if he lost a bet or you know he did it as right. a joke or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, my daughter has tattoos in um, not visible places. Mm-hmm. You know because I had I had to tell her, even though I think it's bullshit. I'm, I'm like you know pistol. And yes, my daughter's name given name is pistol. Oh, that's I love that. I'm that's like cool. you have to be cognizant of where you're getting these because mm-hmm. the world is not a fair place. Yeah. And she's like, well, you got them all the way down to your wrists. I'm like, I, I, I know, mm-hmm. but uh, the world's not a fair place. Yeah. So it's not a fair place, but it's a lot more open-minded than it used to be. Yeah, it's getting there. It's but- in a, and, I'll, and I'll defend Brooke right now. When I know you, and once you decide to do it, it's going to be something completely tasteful and like top notch because you're like, I'm not going to settle for anything. Oh yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Totally. So you'll be, I mean, if they do it, if they have something that, that shows and it's really in good taste and, and looks nice and it's a piece of art, then I should, I don't think there should ever be a problem with it at all. But no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And like, I feel like when I was getting tattoos, there were some really great artists that were going, but they were like in New York and LA mm-hmm. and Vegas um, and they were backed up forever. So when I, when I was going through my post-divorce crisis, <laughs> uh, which is when I learned the most about life, actually. I feel you. Um, Been there? I, I just, I, you know, fuck it. Let's get some ink. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm bored. Let's get some ink. And, and I became friends with a tattoo artist and, you know, then, then he's tattooing me to, to try out a new stencil or a new pigment and he's piercing me because we're drinking and we're mm-hmm. bored, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So back in the day when I was playing music, I had my head shaved completely bald. Um, I had ears pierced. Yes, I can see where your ear was pierced over there. Yeah, I had, I had an industrial, I had a tragus piercing, I had rings in my ears, I had my tongue pierced. I had my eyebrow pierced. Your tongue piercing didn't affect your singing? No, I would sing with really? it like wow. straight through. And I even had a, a bigger gauge. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it did affect chipping the back of my oh, teeth. Oh yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, yeah. So the tongue piercing, you know, when you're a young man seems cool for, you know, a myriad of reasons. Um, yeah. But 
it it's not you know I don't miss it so so, so to speak but yeah so all that happened and before you know it you find yourself and I did it at a time where um you know my son is 25 now and I I made myself look like that when he was 3 years old mm-hmm. and Two funny stories for you guys that surround the body art and the piercing and and things of this nature. I'm in the toy aisle with my son. And we are about from here to Tony apart, right? Like this is obviously my child. Sure. (laughs) But again, pierced up, tattooed, head shaved bald. Had a goatee that was almost as long as my beard now, but just mm-hmm. the goatee, right? So mm-hmm. it was, and then of course I had it trimmed down and styled kind of in a point, you know? Right. Because that's what you had to do in the 90s, right? Right. Um, that and bleach the tips of your hair, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this woman walks up in Walmart and she takes my son by the hand and she goes, she goes come on, come on I'll, I'll get you some help, little one. What? And I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. And my, <laughs> my son dad. goes, I'm with my dad, you know. Uh-huh. And she's like, and I'm like, yeah, sorry. Wow. I'm his dad. I know you hate that, but mm. but I really am this cute little kid's father. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But so that it, my point was, is there was even a time that it was, you know, to your point where you said we've come a long way. We've yeah. come a really long way because people look at me now. And they don't even see ink, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, and I think that's... Uh, yeah, right now, now you're pretty tame. Yeah, I go places <laughs> now and I feel like I don't have enough ink. Right. Yeah. Right, so I have friends that fight out of out of the church in St. Louis. You know, mm-hmm. J- Jamie Croshan's gym, the church. Um, shout out to those guys. They're awesome. But, you know, I go in there to take photos sometimes of their practice and their mm-hmm. sparring match. And when I was walking around at their age... I was like, people would get out of my way at Walmart, oh, sure. right? Like old women would just like scoot mm-hmm. over. So my, yeah, my mom used to joke that it was awesome to take me Black Friday shopping because oh, yeah. all the old bitches would get out of the way. Because <laughs> well, yeah, they either thought you were a biker or a criminal. I mean, let's right. face it. <laughs> right. But I go into the church around that crew mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm about 50 tats shy. Right. You know, and it's and it's male, female. And, mm-hmm. and I personally love it because if you guys are familiar with my work, I gravitate to to tattooed mm-hmm. models, I love tattooed models. I Same. think they're interesting and every everything that goes along with that. You know, well, I mean, and even for me, uh, with the only thirteen, fourteen of that I have, you know, I, I, no matter what it is, I mean, really, whether you like it or not, I mean, the tattoos you have now are a reflection of who you were before. Yes. I mean, it's still, uh, it still tells a story of who, who, of your life. Yeah. And uh, so whenever I see somebody has a lot of them, you know, I'm like, you got to be an interesting person, you know, yeah. somehow, some way, you know, there's something deep down in there, not just trying to look pretty or anything or like that. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Or a schizophrenic, yeah. I'm just saying because I have met some people where I'm like, because most people can tell you a story for every tattoo they have. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that you're like, it looks like you just threw shit at the wall at random, you know? Right. And they have no story behind it other than, well, I just wanted it. Well, why'd you put it there? What's the meaning for that? I don't know. And so, I'm like, yeah, that's weird, man. Like, cause most people, like there's some sort of, like you said, sentimental value behind everything. Cause it's not going away, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, I, w- I would like to say all of mine have a like a meaningful story. Mm-hmm. They don't. So some of them were but just. There's probably a story. Like I, I remember when I got them, where I got them, kind, I mean, of, kind shoot, of why I, even, I did. I even but, have ki- kids. My brain. Yeah, I, I have 26 kids. <laughs> right, no, but I even have friends that are like, well, you know, the reason I got this tattoo is, you know, we had been out all day hanging out with my buddy I hadn't seen in 10 years. And there was some little tattoo parlor that had like the little candy machine where for 25 cents you get whatever you pull. And that is still to me sentimental. That's, that's a core yeah. memory. You yeah. know, there's a reason you did that. It may not necessarily be because you wanted, you know, cherries on your hip, (laughs) but it's because you had this awesome day with a human being who means a lot to you that you hadn't seen in a very long time, you know? So that's all I'm saying. Like should mean something. There should be some sort of memory there. Yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate to have memories attached to mine. I could, I could probably tell you in the order in which that I got them still, even Mm -hmm. after all these years. And I haven't been tattooed in, I have not been tattooed in 18 years. Wow. So, you know, that there's quite a gap there. Um, I, I have one more funny story though, to, to tell you guys. And and by telling you the story, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a kind of a personal aspect of myself, but Something I used to be embarrassed about now, somehow I don't, I don't care now, right? Because I well, I'll tell you the Taco Bell story after you get done telling me. This <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so, um, I had I had my uh, my friend. His name was Doug, and he owned he owned the tattoo and piercing parlor, mm-hmm. and we we would hang out in there, right? And me and him. So one night he goes, "You should pierce your nipple," and I'm like, hmm, "I've really thought about that," right? I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe. And he goes, yeah, but he goes, seriously, think about it. He goes, you were, uh, you're born without your left peck. So you don't have a nipple on your left side. You should really decorate the one you have. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, I'm like, you know what? Fuck yeah. yeah. That Let's makes sense. It. Let's make sense. Let's do this. So he's like, all right, get in the chair. Oh God! So I get in the chair, and you know, and I, I seriously, like I, I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. I have no left peck. I have no, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's not there. And so I take my shirt off, and he's like, "Dude, you look weird." And I'm like, <laughs> "Thank you, you. You asked for this, right? <laughs> right. You, know, you, you. This is your grand idea." Mm-hmm. And he goes with the needle. And any of you've ever been pierced, you know, this is not. You know, piercing needles are coring needles. Mm-hmm. They they take the flesh completely away. It's not like we're pushing yep. it aside. Yeah. You know, they core it out. Boom, it's gone. And he puts the sponge. You know, not the ice cube, right? Mm-hmm. This is not. This, we're not doing this in prison. So this is a real thing. He's gets. He's got the cork, the sponge, and he boom pierces my nipple. And instinctually, I grab him by the ears. Oh no! Like. I've got him, I've got both of his ears in my hands and I'm squeezing and he's going, dude, I'm like, you motherfucker, that fucking hurt. He's like, man, I've still got a a fucking needle through your tit. Right. You you going to let me finish this or what are you? And and I was like, oh "Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I had a ton of piercings, man, but that was the only one that made me like lash out. Like, Ooh, I'm going to kill you. 
I've had my belly button pierced twice. And I recently, like two months ago, took it out because I'm like, no 40-year-old woman needs her belly button pierced. I'm sorry. Like, nobody's looking at my tummy anymore. Like, I don't shop for the little half shirts. Like, I want to buy the whole fucking shirt at this point (laughs) in my life because I really enjoy booze and I enjoy food. And yes, I work out and I'm in shape. But you know what? There is a little, little extra loving right there. It's okay. I've had four kids. But... I had it pierced once when I was 17 and it was fine because when you're young and you got a six pack and you know, it's it's sexy, it looks great, whatever. Well, then I got pregnant with my oldest, which is my daughter, Brie. And at the time, way back in the day when they used to pierce bellies, they used the little rings. They weren't Mm -hmm. the bars. So you couldn't take that thing out. All right. Like that was a lifer. It was in there for life. Well, clearly because I had never been that size before as I started to grow this thing was like painful so much to the point so that we had to actually cut it out with wire cutters Mm -hmm. to get it out and then I went several years and it wasn't until after I had Ziggy who will be 12 this year that I had this grand idea because I was you know 32 33 I'm like I really want to have my belly button pierced again. I like it. Whatever, you know, and I've got tattoos down there, so it all fits. So uh, my ex-husband, believe it or not, went with me because I'm like, I want somebody to go with me. And he's like, fine, you know, so he went with me. And son of a bitch, if it did not hurt worse the second time, oh my God. Because they were going through that scar tissue and everything else. And I'm just like, why did I do this? And I warned my daughter because she recently got hers done. And I'm like, you're going to hate it one day. And I'm like, and it's going to hurt like a bitch when you get it done. She didn't believe me. She called me crying. She's like, oh my God, that hurt worse than any tattoo I've ever had. I'm like, I tried to fucking tell you. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah, my my tongue piercing was easily... 10 times less painful than my nipple piercing. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy painful mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the painful where you get like boom and then a couple seconds and, sure. and, and it's gone. It, it's like, but your tongue supposedly like is one of the organs that heals the fastest yeah. besides your eyeball. Right. Yeah. So like I could see why that would not, and I'm going to watch what I say here, but I've also heard like piercing your nether regions mm-hmm. also is extremely painful. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no. And here's where I take issue with that. Like, I'm a female. Like, I try really hard to keep my oven, like, functioning and clean. I can't imagine introducing something that would cause there to be a disruption <laughs> in that yeah. down there. You, you don't want to disrupt the ecosystem? No. Yeah, and, I get it. And But I feel the same way, and I can't speak for men because clearly I'm not one, you know, but... Ouch, dude. Like, why Why would you ever? No. I mean, I know people do, but that, seriously, what's the thought process behind that? Like, what, well, what do you I think? I can't answer are, that because I never, <laughs> no, I never went down no. that road. So, <laughs> what do you think people are thinking? I, Somebody well, phone I in, tell people, us. No. I, I, <laughs> honestly, I think what people are thinking, because I had friends that did it. I did too. And I'm like, Literally, what the fuck are you thinking, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, dude, that's going to be so hot and this and that. I'm like, man, I think you're going to be let down. I think this is a miscalculation. So <laughs> God. Yeah, the only thing I ever, well, I'm my ears done, but I did my nose. That was it. 
I did my ear in like, I was like 12. Oh man, I used to have, my my ear on this side, I used to have nine and most of them I did myself. And then on this side, I had like five because I would get bored or I get mad at my parents and my parents are like uber Christian, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it was like anything I could do to defy them, like I was all for it. <laughs> Just saying. So I, I grew up so incredibly surrounded in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you know, it was really interesting. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here because I don't want to give people the idea that that my parents or my family is like cultish in any way because you know obviously that's not that's not the case but dude southern baptist religion has some incredible oh god i i'm sure viewpoints in it right Mm -hmm. like so i like we would go to church and i love music my whole life okay and my my biological dad that got don't listen to that rock music yeah it's it's the It's the pagans beat. The devil's yeah. going to come out. Don't like, dance. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of I this. I think they made a yeah. movie about that. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, and they picked that fucking Kevin Bacon to star in it for whatever reason. <laughs> and they should have picked some fat kid out of the woods. It would have made more sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I grew up, like, no rock music, no this, no that. Monitor your TV shows and monitor this and... I, I don't understand. I didn't understand then. All I understood was that I had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, while I'm under this roof, I have to do this because, you know, blah, blah, blah. We made you, we'll take you out, that sort of thing, whatever. And then when I got away from that, well, I went and got 27 tattoos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. so, yeah, so the, the you mentioned Christian household and mm-hmm. like almost punishing your parents, right? Right. So I... I kind of get that on some level, you know? Yeah, I will give my parents major props, especially my father. He is the only human being in my entire life that I've ever met that I've never seen him raise his voice, yell, scream, or be mean to another person ever. He is the most grounded, even-keeled person. So there's a lot of things that... Growing up, I didn't necessarily agree with or I wanted to challenge, but now that I've gotten older and had my children, I'm like, damn, my dad knew a lot. Like, you know, it's like he may not have, I may not share the exact same belief system as he does, but everything he taught me helped mold me into who I am today. Oh, yeah. And I'm so appreciative for that, you know, so... What what I'm hearing, Tony, is that her dad set the bar pretty high for the rest of male. Yeah. Oh, the he did. Yeah. That's why I'm single, baby. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I, as my, she, my dad will be 80 next year. He will still, God bless him, get on top of my roof and clean out my gutters while I'm like having a heart attack <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. I'm like, please just let me go up there. And he's like, I'm going to do it. You stay down there. This is dangerous. And I'm like. It's less dangerous for me. Like, seriously. Yeah. The bar is very high. Yeah. Good luck, fellas. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will admit, I purposely did the same for my daughter. It's like, you know, you're. I don't for, blame you. First of all, for anyone listening, 
you're never going to be good enough for my daughter. <laughs> Period. I don't care how much money you bring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care how successful you are. That's my daughter. You are yep. not. You are not good enough. But you could be acceptable, right? Yep. You know, and that's that. But I, I tried to set the bar high for for my. I get daughter. it. I guess. I guess. I did too because my daughter doesn't like men. She likes women. <laughs> oh, and she's proud of it. So yeah, that's, that no, that's, she's that's, a good that's egg. Fantastic yeah. man. That's yeah. I, I was yeah. You set the bar unattainable. Apparently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Yeah, my my mom. I mean, my. Um, my parents got divorced um, when I was like seven ish and my mom, I live with my mom. She was very supportive. And if you know how weird I am, especially during high school and stuff like that, I mean, this was dude, you know, you know how the eighties were. I mean, I, and I was, I thought I was going to be a rock star. I really did, you know, and, and I played the part, man. And I, I dressed like it and everything. I was, yeah. I mean, I was it. And she never once told me I couldn't do a damn thing you know, to do whatever you want. It's That's you. Awesome. It's you. That's my dad. On the other hand, he was from you know he grew up in Moberly, Missouri. He was in the Navy. You know, a military guy. And this, and then I'd mm-hmm. show up and I'd have, you know, my hair was really long. I have cowboy boots with chains all over them, and you know, ripped up pants. And he's like, hey, just look at me, like, my gosh. For, you know? for, the, for the record, we'd have hung out. Yeah, like, like that. We've been bros. Totally, I would have gravitated to you. But yeah. later on, I mean, we we. we kind of made amends later on in life and he mm-hmm. you know and he's like you know I'm, I'm so proud of you and, and you're a great father and this and that and you know so we had that moment you know so it's cool but it was very you know <laughs> I know he, he, he probably regretted every time I like he'd pick me up and I'd start you know walking outside and oh my god he's wearing that today you know <laughs> right <laughs> Dude, as, as a father of three sons yeah. the hardest thing in the world to do is keep your mouth shut yeah, yeah. You gotta let your kids and, be themselves. Oh, yeah. Right. But that's that's the whole thing, right? Oh. You don't wanna stifle what they want to be and sure. what they want to become. But I, I have th- seen moments where my sons have come out of their bedroom or something and I and in my head I'm going, What the fuck is wrong with you? But out oh, of my yeah. mouth I'm like Okay. Where'd you get that? Right. <laughs> You know, because because you're always checking as a dad. It's like, right. did I pay for that shit without knowing? Because I, right. I totally, I don't want to pay for that. You know, I feel you. I feel you. But it's come to to that point in, in life now, where my my two sons are 21 and 23, and now it's almost a, a competition between kind of the three of us when we're together of who can. I don't want to necessarily necessarily who could be the most shocking, but. We just, we just goof and it is so fun, you know, nothing, nothing is better your daughter than daughter, the oldest. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Daughter's 25. So yeah. Yeah. I thought, best part I thought of having Chloe kids was in between they, the two boys. No, nope. Now looking at them, you would think that Anthony might be able cause he's got full beard right. and, and this and that, but, um, but yeah, she's the oldest. Interesting. Yeah. Best part of having kids is when they grow up to be their own person. Oh, heck oh yeah. And yeah, I was really fortunate because Teresa and I both had dead parallel beliefs on how to raise children. And, and our philosophy on raising children was to give them what they need and let them be what they want. Sure. And um, man, I've got four great kids, right? And, and they have been their own person for many, many years. So they're all comfortable 
with, mm-hmm. with who they are, you know, like me, I was trying to be something that I wasn't to the point to where I got married super early because that was the thing to do. I had a kid super early because that was what you were supposed to do. And it's then like I ended the up curse, divorced. The curse of Generation X. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I, and then I ended up divorced into the appearance of my family losing my fucking mind. But in reality, what I was doing. You're finding you. Was all the shit that I should have been doing between the ages of 12 and 18. I totally get it. I've had some of those, what I like to lovingly refer to as pass the baton moments with my daughter in the past year. Right. Because she had a lot of sort of just life trauma at the end of last year that was probably just as detrimental to me as it was to her, at least financially. Where it just got to the point where, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Sisters, where the mother is screaming at the end. She's like, take the fucking baton. (laughs) Like, I have had that conversation with my daughter recently. Like, this is it. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm still going to support you, but not this way. You know, you got this. Here it is. Take it. This is the last time, which in reality I would do. Yeah. I would. I mean, there's a certain, you get to a point where there's a certain degree that you will definitely help them. But there's right. some things where you're like, you know, I think you can take care of that on your own. Right. You know? yeah. And I, Brie, if you hear this, I love you. You know, I do. <laughs> She's but our number one listener. Probably not because <laughs> she works nights and sleeps most of the day. But yeah, I, uh. I had that moment with her and then my oldest son, my God, like he is just as hard headed and independent as I am. And it's kind of one of those things like you, like you said, you always kind of question if you've done the right thing parenting. Mm -hmm. I can remember, um, he had the opportunity to graduate early because he, he's smart, but he hated fucking school. He hated it. He didn't want to be there. They were going to let him take a test so he could just be done and graduate. And he goes, mom, I want to do this. I said, that's fine. He goes, I don't want to walk in graduation ceremonies. And my parents were bitching. My ex's parents were bitching. We want to see him graduate. I'm like, he fucking graduated. That's all that matters. Within maybe five or six weeks of him completing his senior year early, he got on with, um, a company that's part of Amron UE through like a mutual family friend. And now, you know, a couple of years later, this kid makes more money than I do, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he'll be 21 in August. It's insane. So it's like, at some point you, no matter what you vision you see for your children, you have to let them take whatever path, as long as it's not going to be super detrimental for them, let them take it, see what happens. Because sometimes you're really sort of pleasantly surprised you know what i mean well, com- commonality and the norm mm-hmm. the, the norm is just a watered down average of extremes sure so every once in a while you have a child like your son who has absolutely no use for secondary education or even yeah. a graduation doesn't mean it's not successful right but we kind of forget that right and it's yeah. like well you, this is what we do it's america this is what right. we this do you go through 12 years and you're supposed to do this but mm-hmm. that that's supposed to is just an average that's been watered down over the years of the shit that they somebody made up so totally agree i wish yeah. somebody would talk to me out of going to college because i still have college debt and it sucks oh me too 
I don't, I don't even know. I, don't, I probably still owe as much as I, I, I probably owe more than what I did when I started. Well, yeah, because you can't, the interest rates aren't yeah. regulated. And so no matter what amount of money you throw at it, your interest rate fucking kills you. Yeah. Like if I could find a man that's like ridiculously wealthy, <laughs> but also like on his deathbed with like one foot on a banana peel, like I'd be all about it. Just you know what? Pay me too. My, pay my me college too. debt. I, I mean, I'll take one for the team if I'm right. like, like six months and I'm a you know multimillionaire. Why? Heck yeah. I think there's a movie about this though, starring Anna Nicole. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. probably right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll do one last segment and get out of here. How about that? All right, we'll be right back right here on Beyond FM. Hey. Bitches in the living room getting it on They ain't leaving till six in the morning And nah, that ain't true at all I'm posting on the couch like this is how I ball Kings of the spring and legends of the fall We taking summers off like we already have it all And you can forget about the winter I'm sensitive to cold and it's dark before dinner time And I can make another old rap reference I might as well be talking on my vast deference Cause all these tweeners think they invented rap Wouldn't know Chuck if they were sitting on his lap And like KRS-One did PM Dawn I think you are inferior and I get up off my lawn And I pulled out one out my sweatshorts Scrutinize the latest fucking stupid ad for Crestor Yeah, getting older's weird For every song I've written, there's a gray hair in my beard But this could be my last rap album, never know And then instead of sleeping, you'll be pouting And I'ma go on back to my roots Rock and roll, but I'm with some studded leather boots only probably more acoustic My life as a cool kid is turning to a blues riff If you take a road less travel to the place where your blood can run through You probably thought I wrote this song about you You probably thought it was a song about you You probably thought it was a song about you And all your memories of younger days, younger days fool. You probably thought it was a song about you You probably thought I wrote this song about you Young, I'm not a kid anymore, but some days, yo, I sit and wish I still was. You know the songs that take you back to yesterday. Now I can use a little whiskey just to get hyped in the same way. And it's a shame, but I'm a lot less patient. My heart's still young, but my soul is ancient. So you can get up out my space with it. Go change your diapers, cause I think they're full of your ish. And ain't nobody gon' take you. Keep it moving, baby. Here we put your boots to the pavement. You'll understand one day, kid. It's the most quiet one to make the loudest statement. Don't speak if you ain't gon' be about it. Take time to think before you let your ass about it. All I can do is shake my head. It's too damn early to be up, so I'm going back to bed. If you take a road, let's travel to the place where your blood can You probably thought I wrote this song about you. You probably thought it was a song about you. Your blood can run through. You probably thought I wrote this song around you. You probably thought it was a song around you. 
as simple as this. We always derail in case you've never listened to the show before. Like, this is normal. Derailment season is here at Beyond FM, per usual. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been such a good drop. I'm I'm sure I can pull it. I'm sure I can. Uh, It was loud enough where I can pull that. You're welcome. Hey, when I was a biofeedback practitioner... (laughs) That's a thing. It is. <laughs> Many moons ago, um, our secretary was gone and I had to answer the phone one day and I had three different people in a 24 hour period tell me that I had a um, phone, you know what, mm-hmm. operator's yeah. voice. Is, is, so. is biofeedback, is that like when your cell phone vibrates when you touch a button or is that? No. Oh, that's haptic. Sorry. Yes. Haptic feedback. No. So I can't make the expert of a vibrator joke that I was going to no, make. No, you can't. It won't work. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, in case Back anybody, on track now. In case here anybody we go. didn't know, we're, we're still hanging San out here Diego. With, with, with Keith Brake. And uh, right. so we'll, we'll go back to photography a little bit. Uh, and I'll ask you, uh, what was your favorite, I guess, event that you shot? I, think. Oh, that, I know there's probably a lot of them, but. Yeah, but this is actually a very easy question for me because a um, few years ago when the Great American Eclipse was happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Ozzy Osbourne played at the height of the Great American Eclipse 20 minutes from my house. Oh, wow. So it was a three-day festival, tons of amazing bands in an area that never gets mainstream concert ever. Oh, sure. And I had access oh, no, to... I can't imagine. What are you talking about? This is a beautiful metropolis. Well, they, had, they had to when when they brought the stage in. They had to yeah. to, to move like seventy head of cattle. In oh, I'm place. sure. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but it could be. It could it could easily it could be easily, true. Yeah. Uh, but the whole the whole feel of it, mm-hmm. you know, having it right in my backyard and having it be a full fledged festival that Walker's Bluff did a tremendous job with. And to your point. Mm-hmm. Walker's Bluff has gotten a license to build a casino now. So we're going to have... No way. Yeah. And it's going to have concert venue, as I understand it. And it's things are going to change maybe sometime. Maybe. Uh, maybe they should build a library first because whatever little podunk town I pass coming in here. Did you see that library? No. We, we have one here. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. It shares space with City Hall. What? I'm not kidding. That's weird. But you know we whatever. only have 6,400 people, right? I know. But there was one little town where I was like, you know, you have to go 25 miles per hour through it. And we're driving through and I'm looking, I'm like, their library was like the size of my garage. It was so tiny. Are you talking about Pinkneyville? Maybe. It was like yeah, this little so. tiny outbuilding. I'm like. Yeah. Tiny towns around here doesn't limit anything. Like well, you, it obviously limits the amount of books you can check out and read. I'm just it doesn't saying. narrow down me helping you find the town. Is what oh I'm yeah, saying. no. But the, but the Moonstock was the the who hey, all played on that ticket? By oh, the way, shit. do you remember? Uh, Five Finger Death Punch, Lizzie <gasps> Hale. I love them. Um, I love her too. I love Five Finger, and I hate that Five Finger gets a shit ton of hate. Five Why Finger Death is Punch that? is one of the most exciting bands that I've ever photographed. I, 
they're because they're, inter, they're interactive. Watch. Yeah, but yeah, why they, do you think they get so much hate? Seriously, because it's, because it's kind of like bro metal. Okay, but so is Metallica, and people well, love metal liquor. I, so I, I mean, I am not going to argue with you, but there was a season when Metallica was not. Okay, that's true. But so so Five Finger has always been the Nickelback of metal. Yeah. Okay, I like Nickelback too. So do and I. I've seen them live. <laughs> I feel like so. I'm going to get punched here, Tony. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's a fun fact. I was one of the first when I worked in Purdue, Kentucky to play uh, Liederman, which was the first single ever released yeah, by used to play Nickelback. Oh, no way. Yeah, I was one of the first. I think I was like maybe 10th to play it. Before we get out of here today, I have to dig up a video because I have a video of me singing Leader of Men acoustically at, when I was in a band from back in the day. So Check gotcha. it out. Yeah. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon once again. Yeah, right. <laughs> there we go. Six Degrees of Keith Brake. Um, <laughs> but to bring up, bring up, you know, you said that it was, you know, exciting for, to, to have an area that doesn't normally have festivals or anything like that. And, and I... Right. I've been preaching this a lot lately and especially annuals and, and there has been some weird concerts lately. Cause I know, um, Rustin went to a show probably, it was maybe almost a year now, but where, you know, like Murphy Lee and all them played in, in Nashville, not Nashville, Tennessee, but Nashville, Illinois, where right, right, right. these, there's something about where there could be some success, even for local bands or whatever to, uh, and especially like hip hop where, you know, these small country towns do not get hip hop and, you know, oh, yeah. live hip hop. Yeah, so what you, know. you could, so, so I, I know what you're talking about and I, and I've seen it work. Um, you, you can, you have a one time of year opportunity. Okay. So the market can't facilitate once a quarter. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not going to happen around here. But if you market correctly, you get the right lineup. You find the right place. You can have a hellish festival for two days in in these places because there are people, quite frankly, there are people here, A, they're not driving to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. They don't care who's playing in St. Louis or Paducah or wherever Mm -hmm. else. They're just not going to drive that far because they're going to do what we're doing here. They're going to drink, right? Sure. I mean, you and I are sitting here having whiskey while we're having this conversation. They want to do that all day at a festival. Mm -hmm. You go plop a stage with some great sound in the middle of one of our mini fields that that we have around here um yeah you could do a big one Mm -hmm. and and to your point i think you could draw a super crowd with a diverse lineup and i'm talking like diverse like like um Shit, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but there's one in Tennessee. There's a big festival in Tennessee every year that's that's known for being diverse. Um, why can I not think of this right now? But anyway, you need to have rock. You need to have metal. Yeah. You need to have hip hop. You need to have like rap. One thing that I miss is old school rap. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, oh, I, I'm me a, too. I'm I've been old, big into it lately. Yeah. Old nineties. Yeah. Yes, it's like you know I got a lot of gray in my beard. So, mm-hmm. but I miss that insurgence of the older generation yeah. of rap you know like and in nwa and yeah i mean cool. you, you yes. ever go back you ever go back and listen to nwa and go holy fuck these guys were good they're yeah. fucking amazing like, i listen way like, off the chain good i listened and i posted like one of my favorite djs and his name is escapes me at the moment but he's bonnaroo sorry yeah. the bonnaroo <laughs> the bonnaroo festival there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, okay <laughs> 
but he's really good on YouTube and I would have to look it up, but he mixes like some of the best songs that you will love. I promise I'll have to look it up here in a minute, but like, fuck, I had a crappy week all week. I had been out of town for work. The best thing that had happened to me was I got my single barrel Buffalo Trace and I was like down, right? I was totally down and like... I woke up the next morning. I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm putting on some hip hop and some gangster rap. And you know what? I got four fucking customers in a day. Like I busted my ass all day, you know? So there's a lot to be said about like that vibe and connecting to that music and just being like, hell yeah. Like it's okay to be like, yes, this is who I am and own it. And well, music is the avenue in which we can pour everything. Absolutely. Right? It, like, so there, there's a, like, like we talked earlier, there's a liquor for everything. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a song for everything too, or sure. a oh, genre yeah. for everything. Yeah. You know, when I'm happy, like when I'm up and I want to get some shit done, dude, it's hip hop. Yeah. And, and I'm talking like when I talk hip, hip hop, I'm talking like this is going to be my local guys like ATG and mm-hmm. Dub Flow or um, Egan's Rats, you know. Oh, we to, love Egan's Rats, yes. Go and like, just full mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Eminem fan. Yeah, me too. Been an M- M- fan and he gets a lot since, of hate too. Have, you know why? You know why they hate him? Because they fucking because he's good. He's so good, you and know. you know why he's so good? Because he because he fucking had to be. Because he's super literate. Yes. Like, have you heard his story? Yes. Like the dude's a badass. I'm sorry. Yeah. You no. can't out argue that man. No, and that's that's why he and Dre together were like. You know, <laughs> amazing. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. It's like the only other better duo between than he and Dre are obviously you and T Bone. I mean, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we are some of the original OGs, so there's good energy that bounces between the two of us. Yeah, no, you Definitely. guys are. This is my first time being in a room personally with both of you, but uh, I've the vibe is awesome. Like everything oh, about this you. has been perfect. Appreciate that. That's that's what we do. Yeah. We bring the vibe. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we've had a few people on, and I'll, I'll just bring them up anyway. Uh, you know, we had Cornbread on one time from The Point. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, he was so, seemed like so nervous and so, like, uh, he just, you know, he, he was sat in the other room while we were doing our, like, first couple breaks and just kind of, like, just looking around, like, didn't know what hell was going to go, go on. And, um he came in and we had the conversation, you know, and got done with it. And and then he was like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done because, you know, I was, you know, he had a lot of questions on how, you know, how, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, how are you, how are you broadcasting? How do you, you know, things like that. But he was like, you know, you just had a conversation with me. And that was it. Well, yeah, because we're trying to get to know you, Father. Yeah. That's it. And, and, that's, and that's, I was, I was actually just sitting here thinking that like the coolest part of all of this for me is that you guys didn't come in here scripted. Oh, nope. hell no. You know, this is all organic conversation. My show it, prep, it's, my it's, show prep is basically songs. what have you put out there, you know, for, you know, um, on Facebook or this and that. And if, you know, if you're a band or whatever, whatever songs I hear, or whatever you played and if I seen you live and things like that, we don't, we don't have the opportunity to use Wikipedia to get your <laughs> right. backstory or right. anything like that, you know? So it's, 
you know, especially the first interview you. is always just getting to know you a little bit. Second yeah. interview is going to be even more relaxed, and we just getting don't tell to them. know you. They were, they, ah, we got her to sing. Getting to know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a I good show. To. Sorry, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> you know, it's a good show when Brooke gets to put a buzz on and she starts singing. I know. You, yeah. I, I know you love it. I, I feel do. like she <laughs> was going to sing without having a buzz put on, though. Or she was going to get a buzz without singing. One and two. Uh, yeah. e- equally as possible, yes. <laughs> Nothing beats my reading rainbow moment. No. I'll just say. That was a strange. <laughs> so so I have a question for you. Oh, ask away, man. I love it. Because both both of, uh, all three of us have been familiar on, on socials and, um, and I have to take a moment to, to extend some appreciation because you're both active on my posts, right? So it's like, you guys know what that means. Yeah. It, it means the same thing to, to any creator, right? And yeah. both of you. So you're interactive on my, my concert work and you're interactive on my studio work. And I want to know what you like better. Like, do you like the live music stuff better, or do you like the, the kind of the creepy dark stuff that I've been doing in the studio recently? I'm going to say the creepy dark stuff. Ooh, me too. Yeah. Dang it. I mean, I not that you, you do a fantastic job of live For performance sure. shots and, and things like that, but there's also, uh, you know, nowadays, and, and you'll know this, there's an oversaturation of people that do that. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. Excuse me, but let me correct that statement. There's an oversaturation of people who are attempting to do that. Yes. Because I know of three photographers who I would recommend to people, one of whom is sitting in this room. Um, The other is um, one of my besties, Angela. She's amazing also. And then Dania. Those are the three human beings I would recommend to shoot your event. I'm just saying... I'm not saying there aren't other good ones out there, but those are the three that when I see their artwork, because that's what I consider it on Facebook, I'm like, holy shit, hell yeah, heart that shit. Well, and the the beauty thing of it, and I'm not a professional at anything, and I will admit that, but um, the three that you mentioned, you can tell their work because they get different angles than what oh, yeah. anybody else does, and they can capture light in different ways. But you know what it is? And I feel like I can say this as a writer, a writer. Okay. Because I feel this way about people who are like, Oh, I wrote this or that. And like, cringe. Okay. I'm sure you feel this way about people like, Oh yeah, I'm a photographer. Well, are you, you can tell the difference between the people who are truly passionate about it and can take even the ugliest of, situations and make it this amazing artistic beautiful thing versus the people who are just trying to get their name out there because they want the street cred or to get into concerts free or whatever and the three people I mentioned I'm not kidding no matter what amount of money y'all charge for whatever I would pay it because all three of you guys it's like walking through the art museum like you have such an eye for a grab that like if you were literally at that concert that you you know it's that first person like oh my god I'm really experiencing this I'm feeling it there's all these beautiful like 
colors and imagery going on. Like you guys are really good at like, you just have a gift, you know, and as with anything, and I tell people this all the time, especially because the last three years I've edited some books for people and it was fucking painful. Okay. Like, I don't know if I will ever edit another book in my life because there's almost no amount of money that's worth it to me, but shit can be painful and props to people for like feeling something and like they want to do something and going for it. Like I'm all for that. Like if you feel like your heart is drawn to something, go for it. But at some point in time, you either have it or you fucking don't. (laughs) Maybe it's not for you. That's all I'm saying. Let me mom y'all for a minute because I'm good at that. But you know, it's like you guys just, you seriously have a gift and you have a gift. And the reason I really like some of the darker, like artsy stuff that you've done lately I think it's because I'm artsy farsy like that and I like to paint and I like to write. Um, not great at photography, but so I have that sort of like artist appreciation and I love the concert stuff. But for me, I like to look at one of your images and be like, Oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Or what is this? What's the story this picture is telling me? You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually, well, first of all, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and thank you both for the, the kind words. I was not digging um, for a compliment. I was I was curious if you were more into the music stuff or the studio stuff. And it's exciting to me, actually, that you're both more into the studio stuff because now I'm going to tell you guys something that I promise you is the truth. Mm-hmm. All of these images that you've seen me post... I don't Photoshop anything. Mm -hmm. I create all the lighting. I create all the fog. I create all the color. I create all of that in this old ass room that we're setting in up against that piece of black paper. That's cool. So any background that's on my photos, if it's dense with fog, if it's laden with color, anything is not a composite. I build that in my studio. That's pretty badass. Which is why I work only by invite. Yeah. Like the models that come to me, Mm -hmm. my studio is my playground. Mm -hmm. I make my money at my day job. This space we're sitting in, this is my playground. Sure. I rent this space so that I can invite people here for the specific reason of creation. Sure. Because I need to feed that. Yeah. And uh, the concerts, you get what they give you. Yeah. Yeah. You, You can't direct them. Now, you work with enough bands enough times you get to know people and you can have conversations and you can be like, are you, you did this last time. Are you planning on doing it now? Mm -hmm. Are you going to do it from the same angle? You know? And honestly, there are some musicians, musicians that'll be like, that's my signature move, dude. I do this shit all the fucking time. (laughs) It's like, okay, all right, well, fine. And then there are other musicians that are like, you know, like Steve, I work with Steve a lot. Mm -hmm. And well, you want to, you want to talk about a fantastic human, I don't know many human beings that are better than, than Steve Ewing. Like he's just first class, right? And so loved in St. Louis too. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. How how could you not? You have to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a quick story about Steve that I think is all the reason why Steve is so beloved in St. Louis. I, I was with Steve. I was working a show with Steve, um, at the, St. Louis, I think it's City Winery, City Winery, mm-hmm. St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. 
Have you been there, by the way? I have not, not yet. Super no. cool venue. Get, if you get a chance to catch a band there, the tables I think, mm-hmm. I think, go I think, all the way up to the stage. Okay. Yes. Not to interrupt you, and, and, and not to just say this to Brooke, just because I'm thinking about it. We're not doing a show Thursday, because I think we're okay. going to Center with Sydney Winery for a little John. Okay. Cause, oh, uh, yeah. Because uh, um, I'll go work at the Zeus. lake that day. Then that's fine. Yeah. Zeus, <laughs> Zeus, 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 Rebel Waters is open up for him too. So oh, shit. you know, we'll so, yeah. should be in town. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I know. Uh, yeah, Zeus is another great, oh yeah, hip hop guy. And his guitarists, when he has his guitarists with him, Sifu, mm-hmm. Nick is like one of my. Nick and I are like brothers, dude. So small world. Music, yeah. music yeah. is a very, very small world, which is one one thing I love about it. Um, but with Steve. Getting back to that, I'm working a show with him. And when I say working a show, I've got my cameras, right? Sure. Steve's doing Steve. And it was the full band, okay? Mm-hmm. And awesome, awesome performance. They they got an encore, you know. But Steve, Steve's a hustler. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's making money. He's So Steve's off stage, and he's got a little merch table set up, you know, where he's selling his barbecue sauces, and he's doing his thing. Because he's out there hustling. He's, he's one of the hardest working people I ever meet. Every person, and it was a sold out room, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. Every person that walked out, he took the time to put his arms around and take a picture with, if they wanted a selfie, if they wanted anything. I think maybe he sold one bottle of barbecue sauce mm-hmm. and took 400 pictures. Wow. <laughs> But that's what makes Steve great. Yeah. Like, he is humble, and he's honest, and he's so fucking good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and someone that I am exceptionally proud to, to call a friend, yeah. um, which Steve and I met because of my photography. Oh, really? Which wow. is, that's, that's how we connected, mm-hmm. um, through Dania, actually. Oh. So it's, you know, small world. So yeah. Yeah. But I tell people all the time, people ask me when you hang out with Steve at a show like that, what's it like? And I'm like, it's, it's like going to church with Jesus. (laughs) That's, that's, that's what it's like. It's like fucking going to church with Jesus. And if you've never attended a local show, if you've never attended, uh, attended church with Jesus, right? (laughs) Yeah. If you've never seen Jesus go to church, (laughs) right? Find a date on the calendar when the, when the Steve Ewing duo is mm-hmm. playing somewhere and just go get yourself a table in the back and observe because it really is, it's, it's something to behold. Yeah. The amount of love that this city has yeah. for that, for that. You man. want to hear a quickie little funny story? I have met him personally once, mm-hmm. although he probably won't remember me. I'm positive he wouldn't, but anyway. I used to work for this other radio station. <clears throat> CBS Sports and Inside a Seal. But anyway, <clears throat> a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, they used to have these things called quote unquote fangirls. Mm-hmm. And they ran out of fangirls for the night. And there used to be a bar, uh, I think it was over off Dorset called Rook's Game Day. Do you remember that? Uh, no. Oh. No, I used to play at a bar called the Dorset Inn I don't way know. back in the day, but I don't remember the Yeah, game it used bar. to be called Rook's Game Day. Anyway, they had Steve Ewing there one night, and they needed people, and I had to go, and I met him there, and I can attest to the fact that even way back then, because that was probably like 10 years ago, he 
you're absolutely correct because he took the time to mingle and talk to people. Um, not everybody had cell phones because, I mean, that was like 10 years ago. But he took pictures, signed autographs. Like, he really did include everyone and everybody felt very personally connected to him. So, yeah, he's, I think, he's I think awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, I only, you know, I... As much as I have loved the urge and I've seen him a million times, and I, and I think he was relatively surprised that I even brought this up. I only met him once, and we did an interview, and it was very short, and it wasn't really his fault. He, he's very busy, and we all sure. know that. And he already had, he had a meeting to go to, and that's it. But he did have time to sit down with me. We, we did it like this, where it was just conversation, and I put it all together later on. But um, that wasn't the big thing, you know. I mean, he was there for me, and granted, yeah, I I don't. You know, realistically, we don't reach millions of people and this and that. He didn't have to come on and, and promote, you know, uh, Steve's hot dogs or the the stuff at the stadium or, you know, the new project coming out and this and that. He didn't have to come and talk to me about it, but he did. And uh, got all done with the interview and, and it was great. And we talked about some other things, uh, um, you know, some ideas as far as uh, Beyond FM goes and maybe further projects with it. And, and I wanted to run it past him just to see how he felt about it. And, you know, and he was like, he was very excited and he's like, that sounds great. Let me know if you need any help. And then, you know, he got done and left and whatever. And I'm still sitting there packing up and stuff. And I ordered food and class act. They're like, you don't owe us any money for food. And I'm like, dude, I came here for me, for my personal, you know, uh, stuff. stuff, you know? And I'm like, well, that is, that is fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and it it was our first conversation like we've had. And now I feel like I can reach out to him now and say, hey, I got this. You want to be involved or, right. you know, how can, can you help me or, or whatever, you know, and I don't I wouldn't have a problem with it. So, yeah, great dude. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun ride getting to getting to know Steve and, and working with him on multiple occasions. Yeah. But in the urge, still my favorite show the year to photograph because oh, i bet i've only photographed one band ever in my history and i've photographed many many bands only one band that has as much because i don't think anyone has more energy on the on stage than the urge but one band that has as much and i'll give you both one guess and i'm betting neither of you are going to get it Think big. Think, think. I mean, nothing's off the table. Okay. okay. Not, I'm not talking just local band. I'm talking like national touring, globally touring act. Foo Fighters? A lot of energy, but no. <sighs> and I have, I have covered them. I know you did. That's why I asked yeah. them. <laughs> it's like trying. They're one of my faves, so. Uh, my mind's racing, but. Is it Imagine Dragons? No. Oh, because they bring some heat. You, you can keep. You can get go one more. T Bone's thinking he's he's not quite there yet with a, with a guess. I mean, are we talking just energy? And I'm talking about energy and motion on stage and never stopping. Not like, not like because you've all seen the urge. We've all seen the oh, urge. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, times, those yeah. uh, they're everywhere, right? I mean, there was one other band that I photographed that was that way. Give me a genre. <laughs> Give me a hint. I, uh, hint for Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Eddie's a great hint if you're a fan of this band. Iron Maiden. Correct. 
What'd you say? Iron Maiden. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I Bruce Dickinson is everywhere. Like, what? So are the rest of them. Yeah. Really? For, for as wow. old as these fuckers are, they're yeah. everywhere and they are fast. Oh, shit. And it was, it was a challenging shoot because they are that fast. Um, but yeah, super cool shoot. I had to travel. I would never to, guess uh, that. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to see these guys live, well, plus, yeah, oh yes, yes, I don't, I don't know about, I'm sure about all of them, but most of them play soccer, so it's, I mean, they've got the legs for it. Yeah, you know? they're, they're, yeah. they're well, quick. Dang, how old do they have to be? They have to be in their. Oh, 60s, Bruce Dickinson's right? probably at least 63, 64, yeah. something like that. Wow, yeah, they're okay. pushing. They're, well, they're, I'll they're put them on my it. list if they ever come anywhere close to go check them out. Yeah, yeah, I had to travel to Evansville to photograph them, um, which I had. No problem with because is to that get in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. To to get that media credential. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. That's a hot. Yeah. That's a hot one, right? Yeah. Because they only, they only, as I understand it, approve to a show. Holy shit! So wow, wow. It's usually yeah. the house, mm-hmm. and then one other lucky bastard. And well, yeah, I was a lucky bastard. Usually, the house photographer does not want anybody else in their little pit Just area. take away the word usually. Yeah, yeah. always. With, with, with one exception. <laughs> okay. Um, Kenny Williamson from RKN Photo, mm-hmm. house photographer for Live Nation. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest people you will ever meet. Extremely talented photographer. Extremely talented. Very good friend of mine. Amazing person. Made me feel at home from the first time I walked into his house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kenny is, awesome. Kenny is great. All right. Cool. Should I ask one more just huge question? Yeah, one more. All right. So at the end of the day, you're sitting on your porch, you're drinking your bourbon, smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's coming to the end, you know, what what do you want people to remember you for? That I was consistent and that I uh, tried to be better than I was yesterday. I don't want, I'm in competition with no one. Everything I've learned about photography, I've learned because I've been in competition with myself. Everything I've achieved is because someone's given me a chance and then I've done my best not to let them down. I don't want to be anything special, but I'm very appreciative of what I've been able to achieve and the things that I've been able to do because I've seen more with the camera than than the, than the guy that whose daughter was graduating, right? Yeah. right. I mean that that who who in the hell would have ever imagined? I've photographed gaming events in Vegas. I've photographed like you know in independent movie awards shows. I've photographed models. I've photographed St. Louis personalities. I mean Lauren Elwell Learn has mm-hmm. been in this room for a photo shoot. Um, you know Steve has been here. ATG Dubflow. Um, so many people that I've had the pleasure of getting to know have come from the fact that I grabbed this camera and I always want my work to be remembered as something that I did for the love of it because I don't charge for my work except it's live coverage. Okay. If, some, sure, if, sure. if I have to go cover a show and drive to St. Louis, oh, yeah. I have to make a little something you for that. You have to recoup your costs. Yeah. But the studio... It's because I love you. It's because I want you here, mm-hmm. you know. And at first, it was difficult for people to understand. People thought I was being really stuck up when I would turn down bookings because people would contact me and they would be like, 
I'm trying to pay you for your work. And I'm like, you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm refusing your money, not because I'm trying to be personally offensive to you. I'm refusing your money because then it becomes a job to me. Sure. And this is and my you're an artist. playground and mm-hmm. I want to create. So hopefully what people remember me by is somebody that has compelling images that tried to be better than he was yesterday and tried to make everybody feel welcome in his space because that's really what I set out to do. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Me too. One more. I, I know I said one more oh, before. Oh, come on. I got to go to the bathroom. It's too bad. You got to hold it. <laughs> I've had to pee for the past hour and a half <laughs> because I went to a gas station on the way here and they didn't have a public bathroom. We passed anyway, gas stations on the way here? Just one. Okay. And it didn't have a public bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Um, what advice would you give somebody who really wanted to do photography? Fuck what everybody else thinks. I love that. I Just, would say that goes for most things. Yeah, it, it because and and I and I the reason I say that is from my own experience. Okay, it's natural for a creator, I believe, in my opinion. You don't become a create. Well, let me rephrase that. You're born a creator, but you're inspired by what you see others create. Yeah. So the first thing that you do to hone your skills. As you try to mimic yep. what you've seen. Mm. Because after all, imitation is flattery, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you're inspired by that. And you go, how the fuck did they do that? And you, and you want to create it. So you buy books or you watch videos. And then, and then you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. And you figure it out. But there's going to come a point where that is not going to satisfy what it is you're trying to do. Mm. And if you want to satisfy yourself, you got to shoot in a manner and the subject that you want to. And it doesn't matter if it's not in vogue or not cool or not this or not that. The only thing that matters is at the end of the day, when you walk away from your work, that it looks good to you. Because you can never continue doing what you're doing if it doesn't look good to you. Yeah. I could take 100,000 senior photos up against these 130-year-old brick walls that I have here in this studio, and I could make money doing so. Mm-hmm. And I have zero interest in that shit because it's not me. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. just fuck what's popular and fuck what everybody else thinks and just do your own shit and forge your own way because that's the only way you're going to be happy with doing any of it. For sure. I mean, you guys know anybody else that's dressing up a model in a pink glamorous dress with a fucking burlap bunny mask? Right. <laughs> no. Right. And, no, but it's awesome. But that's, that feeds me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that is my advice. Get the equipment. Do your research. Of course. Find a mentor. Of course. But Pass the baton. Yeah. Get out there on your own. Take it and run. Hell yeah. yeah. That's a good good note to stop. <laughs> Agreed. Appreciate all your support yeah. and, uh, and hanging out with us today. I appreciate you guys coming all the way down to see me. I know it's not a short drive. And, and again, um, my pleasure to meet you both in person. And uh, I'm very thankful for the support that both of you have shown me over the years on social media. Absolutely. Yep. And like I said, if you, what is your website again? Just so people can check it out. Uh, it's keithbreakphotography.com. Okay. Um, and then on, on Instagram, it's KBP studios mm-hmm. and on Facebook, 
uh, Facebook started limiting my exposure on my of course well, it did on, on my studio side. So if if people want to see my work on Facebook, they just friend me personally, yeah. and I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty magnanimous with my exception of friend requests. So Facebook. Okay, but may I Facebook's. add that I am not? So stop sending me friend requests. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. going to happen. That Brooks dad set the bar way yep. too high. So Enjoy just, just, just Facebook friend request uh, purgatory. Right. Yeah. That's the sad thing about Facebook. I, I, that's why I use my personal account to promote everything Beyond FM because Beyond FM account just doesn't hit anybody. Yeah. I can drop an image on my personal page and I can get 250 interactions in, in a day. Wow. And I can try, well, that's for a good image, right? Yeah. Not, not every image gets sure, that, sure. but I could drop the same image on my KBP Studios business profile, mm-hmm. 10, like literally maybe 10 interactions. Wow. So I, I get it. Piss on it, you know? Yep. I totally get it. I'll start dropping some on our, our old hacked account and you'll get, get a 400 million reach. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those hackers, there's something else. Yep. Now I get to get out the camera and take pictures of you two. Yeah. Oh God. So maybe we'll get, we'll get a lot of response from those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be just fine. Yep. All right. I appreciate you. We'll get out of here and uh, we'll see you next time on Beyond FM. Peace. Bye. Go into the liquor store and don't forget to buy that car!